And the all-new service from Insane Throttle Motorcycle Madhouse Radio 24-7 and nothing but the best in 80s till today Rockin' metal, baby And here's an added bonus You can now listen to Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Show With Hollywood and China now live on the air Go to MotorcycleMadhouse.com and bookmark the radio station and get down with the king of biker radio. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Hollywood and Marco Show, baby. It's Monday night. Boy, we got a show for you tonight. We have a special guest, AJ. He is the brother of Omen who fell. He was a bandito at the Red River uh, shooting sad state of affairs uh marco what's up man we got black dragon in the house but first i want to bring in our newest member of the team just to say hi and stuff like that our new producer mike ball is right here man say hi mike what's going on everybody appreciate you guys for having me on the show man rock on so today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the wrap up, how the uh, we covered the news, all that good stuff during this tragic event. Uh, but Marco, go ahead and start out, do your uh, little monologue here, and we'll be right back, me and Black Dragon. Well, tonight, obviously, uh, we're going to be talking to people that were uh, at the Red River run, and uh, everyone knows by now what happened. Obviously, we've heard... Sh- shady side of the story and uh hopefully tonight we'll get uh more uh insight on what's going on with aj which is uh, uh omen's brother here but uh really there's a couple of parts to what's going on here number one i wanted to address tonight was uh the fact that uh you know obviously you know when something like this happens a story like this happens going live right away uh obviously a lot of people have ideas and comments on whether or not you should try to figure out what's going on. I mean, it's nothing new. CNN, NBC, Fox, they all do it when something breaks. They get out and they get the story. And just to hear the stories of the families like AJ and uh, like a lot of the other people that can't get any news anywhere, uh, it was refreshing and it was uh, it was uh, actually heartwarming to hear that uh, what we do uh, when we turn these cameras on and we go live uh, is, is seen by people that need to have it seen. And... Um, so to me, that was uh, an amazing uh, thing that I learned uh, in going live uh, when this thing happened. And I also want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with uh, the two banditos actually that are now uh, still in, uh, you know, in jail, in custody, because uh, there's, you know, this is the agenda. I released a TikTok today saying uh, there's a new agenda that the mainstream media is pushing. That agenda is that every single motorcycle club, whether you're a riding club or you're a 99 percenter, or a one percenter outlaw motorcycle club. It does not matter if you have a patch on. They are telling everybody you are in a gang. Make no mistake, they've been doing it for a while. But there is a coordinated effort from the mainstream media to let everybody know if you are in a motorcycle club, they are going to refer to you as a gang, so that they can start pushing legislation that's going to be affecting all of us. I mean, the Water Dogs aren't even an MC or an RC. And yet you hear them referred to as a gang in every single major news stories. Now, what does that look like? Uh, well, when the government or when, uh, you know, the police uh, identify you as a gang, it makes it easier to do a lot of things. You have a lot of uh, 
uh, things that uh, that protect you as a, a citizen of the United States that when you're labeled as a gang, they, they relaxes all of those things. And for one, it's happening to these two banditas right now uh, that are actually in court. They're being held uh, because uh, they're on unrelated charges. One of them had uh, a gun in uh, in the um, uh, in the liquor store. He had a concealed carry license, but he was he was injured and they were taken to jail. And the other one had uh, some cocaine, allegedly, and he's being held. They're both being held. Uh, where they normally would have been just released, anybody else in the world, uh, they would have been released on their own recognizance to show up to court. But they're both being held, and why is that? Well, there's a there's a chance that uh, you know they're making them an example, and uh, they are charging. I think uh, you know whatever you have to come up with bail. If your bail is a hundred thousand dollars, you got to pay a bail bondsman you know ten grand. You don't get that money back, so it uh, leaves the lesser. Uh, people with the less money in jail longer. It's really a bad thing. And there's a few different uh, legislations they're putting out to stop this from happening. But this is just another thing that they can do uh, when they uh, think that you're being a menace to society or that you're labeled as part of a gang. It's terrible that these two are sitting in, in jail, not able to get out until their court date. Any other person in the world would have been out already. So these are just some of the things uh, that uh, the uh, mainstream media is pushing and these uh, officers and pushing to uh, to make it a lot harder on all of us uh, that ride motorcycles. You don't even have to be in a club. If you're riding motorcycles at this point, uh, you're, um, you're going to be targeted and your freedoms are dwindling faster than you can even say what's going on here in America. So... I just wanted everybody to realize what's going on, the game the mainstream media is playing, and uh, how it's affecting all of us, including uh, these two tonight who are sitting in jail still, even though they have unrelated charges to what happened in Red River. So that's uh, that's all I have for tonight. Rock on, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, today, uh, you know what? I'm going to cover the other angle. You're going to see a lot different show today, a lot more organized and stuff like that, uh, where you got BD on, who's going to be covering stuff with us because he was one of the major players in the news coverage. And the one thing that I think really upset me, and I'm a big supporter of them, is NCOC. Now, they're the media arm of NCOM or separate organization, one of the two, but they were supposed to be there to be the voice of the clubs going on out there. And what I saw was them absent from this whole news reporting cycle. And it's disappointing because the banditos were getting slaughtered in the media over this event and a lot of people like marco said it was live so you don't really have all the information but you had to dig to get the information and to get it out to you and one of the biggest things that we saw was everybody bashing on the clubs well really they don't know how it works it comes from independence it comes from supporters and yeah they shouldn't have handled business out in the public it shouldn't have been done but you have to see what happened here you had a guy playing both sides of the aisle this wasn't just a wedding picture it goes a lot deeper than a wedding picture and i think bd will uh explain some of that stuff because he kind of has that break in but they are the ones that shot first the water dogs it was not the banditos 
it started off as a fist fight and we all go out there and say well you shouldn't be pulling guns well it wasn't the banditos that did it and we lost you know we got our special guest on tonight aj that's going to talk about his brother that was lost in that shooting there's a very human element to this story but again i have to say i can't believe ncoc wasn't out there they're always welcome to come on any of our shows to give a statement any of that type of stuff and i think it's time for clubs to get public relations officers to try to fight some of this stuff in the media especially when you have to be targeting the jurors and the, those that are going to be electing the people to be representatives but with that said uh let's go on uh and uh bring in our guests bring everybody in there black dragons in the house man what's up bd hey what's up man thanks for having me tonight how are you doing pretty good man what's some of your thoughts and we're gonna bring aj here in a minute so he to tell his uh brothers uh talk about him and uh the loss that the family's having what do you think of everything bd you know this is a uh, really sad situation all the way around nobody wins in a situation like this um when you you know a lot of times when i talk about protocol on the show I get a lot of people that get mad at me, just streaming mad. You're, you know, you're pushing the one percenter agenda, and we're all supposed to bow down and all this kind of stuff. And all those folks that are 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 talking that stuff, you know, I always like to say we like to talk about the motorcycle club world as it is, and the motorcycle club world as it is isn't about uh, your First Amendment right or whatever. That that what what it's about is what is real and what is really happening on the ground. And there are certain things that if you do, they're going to bring other kinds of repercussions. And if you can't stand that, then you don't need to do that. And, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, how does this thing work? Uh, what are the rules behind it? Who's enforcing those rules? And where are you on that side? And can you hold up the things that, that it is that you're doing? So for some folks, it can be very easy. And some folks, it can be very difficult. But it's going to play out like it plays out. It is what it is, regardless of what you think. And guys get on the phone with me telling me all this kind of stuff, and it's all about somebody else dying. It's all about uh, somebody throwing, throwing themselves down on, on the pit of, um, uh, of, of being some kind of great uh, hero or, or martyr or something. Um, and, and those folks having those conversations, you never see them out in the street doing anything. I think this is going to be a very tough watershed moment for bikers all across the United States of America. I think that you might see a whole lot of uh, Australian-like kind of rules coming out because the news media, because clubs don't talk, especially big clubs, they don't talk. They don't have public relations officers. They don't have public communication strategies. Like every major business has people whose job it is to get out there and put the spin on it. But the motorcycle clubs just feel like, yeah, you know, if we don't say anything at all, uh, we can be like ostriches and put our hand, heads in the sand. But you've got to have people out there pushing the appropriate narrative because if not, uh, they, they get to run. That, the the, the uh, guy that was on television, the uh, um, p police officer, he, he, called, 
he said the word gang 50 times in two minutes. And that's what the voters hear. That's what the public hears. That's what the jury pool hears. And if you're not fighting that, that you're, you don't have, um, uh, you don't, you don't have a dog in the hunt. It's, it's what everyone else says. It's not, you know, uh, being silent doesn't do that. So I think clubs need to get, like you said, uh, savvy with how to um, fight in this media environment that is absolutely very real and against them. We are seeing show places shut down shows. We're being sh- seeing uh, uh, festival after festival being shut down and bikers in patches and they don't just, they don't, they don't, they don't uh, distinguish. Oh, that's a one percenter patch. You guys can't come here. It's bikers with patches on their backs from riding clubs to Christian clubs to, to every other kind of club. No cuts allowed. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that and it's really kind of tragic. Uh, but that's where we are. Rock on man. Good stuff right there. Let's bring in AJ now again. He is, uh, the brother of Omen. He was one of the banditos killed, and we want to put a human face onto this tragedy. We want to hear what the family has to say and what they're going through. Go ahead, Marco. You started out. Well, AJ, thanks for being here, man. I, I, I mean, I actually, I was just going to say, I, I can't imagine, obviously, what you're going through, what your family's going through. I've been obviously in the MC world a long time. I've lost some brothers and and seen seen some of this stuff happen. Uh, but I mean, can you? Kind of just to give us a, you know, a rundown of, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you get the news. I mean, and just kind of walk us through how you found out and and, and what happened and where sure. you guys are at now. Yeah, sure. Um, well, thank you guys for having me on. I actually want to start by saying um, that the cops don't really give you a lot of news um, when they are when they're doing an investigation and when they want to label it like a gang on gang crime. So I have to say 90 percent of my my information has been coming from you three you three gentlemen. So that's really been a comfort for our family. Um, I didn't know a shooting had happened in Red River um, until um, around midnight, right after it had happened. Um, and I, I was about to go to bed and I got on my phone and I got on Twitter and I saw that this shooting had happened. Um, and I, I knew that Damien went to festivals or went to rallies, but I didn't really know if he went to that one. So I went and asked my mom, um, and she said, I don't know, but I think he was there because they always go to Red River. So I text him. He doesn't answer his phone. I call him. He goes right to voicemail. And I don't know why I started panicking because, like, I've seen incidents in the news happen before. And I was, like, never worried about it, you know. But for whatever reason, I could, like, his, the little green circle on his Facebook messenger wasn't there. And that's, like, what kind of panicked me. So I was, I was, like, tweeting about it. I was, like, I think my brother was there. And I don't know. Maybe I should call the hospitals. And then uh, it must have been about four o'clock or five o'clock in the morning, I told myself, okay, I'm just like freaking myself out. I'm just doom scrolling. If anything bad happened, um, we would know about it. Like you're just freaking yourself out, go to bed. Um, And so about five o'clock, I went to bed. um, And uh, about seven o'clock, I heard our dog start barking. I'm half asleep. And all of a sudden, um, I I live in a house. It's me. I live in like a little um, mother-in-law's quarters in the back of the house. And it's my mom and my special needs brother. He has Down syndrome. They live in the front of the house. Um, and I just heard her scream. I just, I mean, I have never heard her scream like that in my life. And I knew as soon as I heard that, I knew I jumped out of bed and I went and there was two, uh, two New Mexico state police officers at the door. 
Um, and me and my mom are outside and she's, I mean, she's just crying, man. She's just totally lost it. Our neighbors even heard her and they all came over. It was, I mean, you see, I'm still like, I mean, I'm like scarred by it. You know what I mean? So I talked to these police officers and they tell me that this press conference is going to happen. I need to call the police captain before it happens. Um, and he writes down the phone number and he gives it to me. So I'm consoling my mom. We get back in the house. I was literally standing outside talking to my boxer. So I had to get dressed. Um, and I called the number um, that he gave me, but it wasn't, he had written down the wrong phone number and it was the phone number for, I don't know the guy's name, but he's the uh, other person who died who was in the water dogs. Um, it was his mom, it was oh my God. her phone number. And I didn't know that when I called her, I thought it was the captain. I'm like panicked, so I'm kind of talking really fast. Um, and she said, who is your brother? And I said, um, his name is, his name is Damien. And she said, what club is he with? And I paused because I thought, well, that's like weird. Why would a captain ask me that? So I said, I think he was with the banditos. Um, and she, she just like screamed. She lost it. She starts just hurling obscenity. Um, and she, she ends the call. She said, I hope, I, I hope your brother burns in hell for the rest of his life. And she hung up the phone. Now I understand the the emotion because we were literally going through the exact same thing. So I don't like blame her at all for that. I'm pissed off at the state police for allowing that to happen because they knew that it happened because I called the lady and then I called the like toll free number on the card and I was like, hey, they gave me the wrong number. And while I was talking to that lady on the phone, the state trooper came back to our door and had given me the correct, he like switched out my business card. Sorry, this is the right number. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah, I fucking know at this point, excuse my language. I don't know if I can curse, but I'm like, yeah, like, thank you for that. I already know that. Um, so I called the captain or whoever I talked with. I don't even know. They gave us very little information. They gave us nothing. Um, there was uh, an altercation. Um, um, eight people had been hurt. Um, three people had died. Uh, Damien had died on his way to the hospital. Um, and that was all that we heard. Uh, we, we had to cling to the news to find out what was happening. Um, I mean, we, we, me and my mom sat in front of the TV for 70 hours just watching the news. And to the point, the point that you made, BD, about them calling, um, you're saying gang or gang members or gang bangers over and over. It, it it didn't just end with that press conference because that was the news clip that all of the local news stations used as they're like coming up at 10, we talk about gang on gang crime. And so we, I mean, if, if we weren't watching the news, we were watching advertisements for the news. And, and by, by the end of that, but by the end of that first day, I mean, there doesn't matter what had happened, their fate has now been sealed. That's all anybody will see them as. It doesn't matter what the story is. It doesn't matter if they have kids or families. Now they're just another gangbanger um, committing gang on gang crime and really who cares? But we Well, care. let me ask you but this, uh, AJ. Tell us about your brother. Tell us about the family that he left behind, his work, because he isn't a gangbanger. And he, we need to get that out. I, t I tell you, he leaves behind a hole that I know will never get filled. Um, he, he's married. Um, I don't want to speak too much on his wife, um, but he's married. They've been married, I believe, for um, five or six years. 
Uh, they have a blended family of nine children. Um, the youngest child, um, I think it's like four or five. The oldest, the oldest is right about my age, maybe just a little bit younger. She could be in her thirties. He had two grandchildren. Um, he, he, his mom, um, it's, it's me. I'm the youngest, um, I'm the youngest son. Um, our brother Ricky is the middle child. He has Down syndrome. He just turned 40 years old. Um, and there was Damien. Um, we just lost our grandma. We literally just lost our grandma on the last day of February too. Um, I mean, the world's kind of kicking us in the nuts right now. We lost our grandma. Uh, my half brother, Brandon died uh, just a little over a month and a half ago. So it's just kind of in tragedy after tra tragedy. But I mean, Damien was was a guy. I didn't I, I didn't know him as Omen, and I didn't know the bicycle or excuse me the motorcycle aspect to his life. Other than I knew he loved riding, and I knew that he loved his brothers. That's like like th those were the things in his life. Um, but I mean, he would he would like he lived in Socorro, and he he volunteered at the. Um, the local vet, I swear to God, he was he was down there maybe once or twice a week washing dogs. Um, he he his um, he did like toy drives for Christmas time. You know they always do like the twinkle light parades and the 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 school drive the the backpack school drives for kids who need school supplies. I mean, there's just a lot of things that he did just for the town of Socorro, and I don't know if a lot of those people even knew that that was him or that was him behind the scene. Um, and I think they're really gonna be lost. Me and Damien, before Damien moved down there and before he got married, he lived here in Albuquerque. Um, and he, um, he he worked primarily in food service. He was a bar manager um, at several well-known bars here in Albuquerque. He actually, he actually hired me a couple, at, at, a, at a couple of the different um, establishments just because we work really well together. I, I I don't know what it was, but we just we you you put us in a bar scene and we work really really well together. We ran the the VIP tent at the hot air the balloon fiesta in 2012. It was me him and a friend of his, and that's just the kind of person he was. He he just loved he loved his kids, he loved his family, he loved his community, he loved our, our brother Ricky. I said he has Down syndrome. Um, and Ricky's been really, really, I mean, he's been inconsolable and that's been kind of my hardest thing to deal with is, is how to help, how to help Ricky get through this. Um, what he's having a hard time with is every single morning, excuse me, every single morning he would, um, video call Damien every single morning, always between seven and seven thirty in the morning. Um, and Damien would answer and they would talk every single morning. And this has gone on for 10 years since Ricky got his iPad, longer than that. I think he got his first iPad in 2010. This has been going on forever, every single day. Doesn't matter where he was, what he was doing. Um, and in those first couple of days, Ricky was having a real hard time grasping what had happened. Um, and I could hear him in his room um, FaceTiming. I could hear the phone ringing. Um, and he would let it ring, and he'd let it ring, and he'd let it ring, and then he'd, uh, he'd turn it off. And then he'd just start crying, man. He'd just start sobbing. And that's that's been like some of the hardest things that I've had to deal with. So trying to figure out how to console my family while while listening to the news talk about what a shitty person he was when I know him not to be. It's just, I mean, it's just been a lot. It's just been a lot. Black dragging.
I'm trying to keep uh, it together um, because um, my my I've I've lived this in my own personal club where we've had shootings and the police uh, <laughs> all over the world, all over the world, Hong Kong, uh, and all the all the news agency biker gang leader uh, assassinated on on uh, doorstep and uh it it there's a pain to it when you know somebody um uh, and you know what kind of person they are yeah and i i first of all i just want to tell you aj um i am so sorry for your loss of of your brother of your blood brother and um uh i can just i can just let me tell you he died with his brothers and and for people in motorcycle clubs, that's everything. That that is everything. He died next to his brothers um, when his brothers needed him most, and he will be remembered by his brothers, his club brothers. He will be remembered as a hero and a brother. And and no matter what you hear uh, on these shows and televisions and what have you he was loved by his brothers and i don't even have to have been there to know that so you you take heart and listen to the stories being told by his brothers by his club brothers that were with him because he loved them uh, we none of us do this uh and we don't love our clubs my entire adult life, I've been attached to my club. It's been up and it's been down, but I love them. And I know his brothers loved him, just like you do. Um, and, and, and so Thank I'm so you. sorry for that. Thank for that you for that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, AJ, obviously it's heartbreaking. I'm really glad you got to, to be, to put a face on, um, to your brother. And, um, I know, um, when I was doing, uh, our thing with Rick from Vegas profile stories, he, he, he talked about your, your brother with uh, down syndrome. And, um, I mean, you know, I mean, that is obviously that is a hard situation for your family. Right. And then to have him to try to explain to him what's going on also to go through your grieving process um it's just it is heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and i i just really uh pray for you man and i i know it's difficult and tough and and i know that's probably what's tearing you up is knowing that your brother probably still doesn't really grasp exactly what's going on but black yeah. dragons you know if it's any if it's any condolences and i mean it, you know it, he did he died with his brothers he died doing what he loved he died uh with guys that were all that all love him very much and so at least you know he had that and in his passing, but uh, it is, does not make it easier. And I know your grieving process is just starting. So I really Absolutely. appreciate you. I appreciate you putting your face on there because this is so much better than some gangbanger died. Cause yeah. this guy had a life. He was a dad. He was a husband. He was a brother. He, he loved animals. I mean, this is a human being, man. And I think that the more people that see this, maybe that we can get somebody to, to think two seconds before something happens. And, and I'm happy to talk about him. If anybody, I mean, I'm, I'm on social media. You can find me. I'm not a hidden person. I'm happy to talk about him. I know he was not a perfect man. None of us are. But he was my brother, and I loved him with all of my heart. And he's going to leave a really big, uh, he's going to leave a big hole in this family for a very long time. Let me ask you this. Um, is there a GoFundMe or something we should be talking about? Um, um there. 
is a a fundraiser somewhere. Um, unfortunately, I don't have much of that information. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure why, but his wife is um, holding us away. Um, she's she's really rejecting. Um, she, she actually said that we couldn't go to the funeral. It's kind of an argument that's going on. Um, I don't I don't understand it. I'm I'm trying to resolve it, but there's um, she she is claiming, and I don't want to like talk bad on her because I know she's grieving and I know her heart is broken. But she is saying that he had specifically told her that whenever he had his funeral, that specifically me and my mother were not allowed to attend. Um, and I just, I, I mean, I, I don't want to speak bad, but I just don't, I don't believe that's something uh, Damien would have said. I just, I just don't, you know. Um, so, so we've been talking and we're, we're trying to resolve it. Um, but because of that, we, um, she's not, she's really holding a lot of information um, close. Um, so there is a GoFundMe. Um, or it's not a GoFundMe, but it is a fundraiser. Um, I, it, it's somewhere on Facebook. Um, maybe I'll try and find it and see if I can uh, forward it to one of you guys and then you can pass it on. Um, but but yeah, really, I, I don't have much. On top of everything else that we're trying to deal with, we're also kind of trying to like be able to say our goodbyes. And that's that's a little bit difficult at the moment. So. We're just fighting fires. How have you been dealing with the misinformation, uh, AJ? There's a lot of it out there. So, um, I like at the very beginning, I clung to every single thing that I heard. Um, and I realized I was like starting to get very overwhelmed. Um, so I took a couple, I, I watched a couple of YouTube videos of people who are talking about it. Um, and I reached out to those creators. Um, and I just asked them, like, Where'd you get your information? How accurate would you say your information was? Um, and that's that's how I started my like barometer. Um, unfortunately, I learned right away that a lot of that information could be like skewed or biased or whatever. Um, so what I've done is I've I, I basically consumed all the media that I can about it. Um, like any new videos that come up, I watch every single day. And I, I kind of decipher out what I believe is the most likely and most probable um, story. Because I, I realize everybody, whether they know him or not, or whether they're familiar with the situation or not, they're, they're kind of gonna, gonna even not even, not even intentionally, but they're gonna sort of skew it for their way. Um, so you, you, I, I figure if I watch everything and I just take what I believe is the most probable answer, and that's what I run with. Um, and that may not be correct because, again, I don't, I don't know. We're it, it would be great if uh, New Mexico State Police would reach out to us to like keep us in the loop on what's going on. Uh, but because they don't, that's sort of how I have to judge what I believe is true. Um, and I just if if it's not right, it's not right, and we will learn as the investigation as the investigation under goes underway. Well, you can uh, guarantee that we'll be uh, following it through. The court, uh, somebody said in the chat room that uh, the two banditos did get released today. Oh, so, uh, really? Yeah, we got to. That's great. We got to uh, verify that one. But I'm glad that you came on, AJ, and uh, you really put a face to Omen, one of the banditos that were killed in this shooting, because people need to know what the cops were saying. Uh, about the gangbanger this, gangbanger that. That's uh, really not the case. He had nine children, was uh, also real close to his brother that had Down syndrome, 
and people need to know that. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I, I want to. Um, sorry, go ahead. I, I want to bring to light a comment that uh, Dirty Dinga said, uh, and I think it might be important for you to hear it. The, in Valhalla, there, there are no colors. We are all one percenters. Your brother died a warrior's death. I'm not a bandito, but I am a one percenter, and I give utmost respect to your brother for dying a one percenter life. Now, that might be hard for you to understand uh, if you don't know much about that lifestyle. And for those who haven't walked it, you will never understand it. I only am familiar with it from a, a distant view. But um, this is the life they live. And when they come into that lifestyle, they are only made two promises. One is that you may have an early death and one is that you may have a forever jail cell and everything you do is for this brotherhood. And so for them and their understanding and the way they live life, he died a warrior's death and his brothers would be proud of him for that. So you, you, absolutely. And I, you know, I don't, I don't at all fault him. Um, I, I know I may not have known much about the club and I may not have known much about what they do, but I know that it was his everything. I, I, I mean, if there's nothing else I knew about Damien, it's that he, he loved every single one of his kids and he loved every single one of his brothers. That's, that's who Damien was. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily know that side of him, but I know how passionate he was for that side of him. And I, you know, I, I scroll through media, I doom scroll, I try and read up, and and I, I see the love that people, people I don't even, I've never heard of in my life, are like saying these great things on different posts and and uh, on, on TikTok. There's like people memorializing him in comments, and so I, I didn't know that side of him, but. I know that other people did and that he loved that community. And so uh -huh. I know I, I know that he did go down, no matter the situation, I know that he did go down with, with a group of people that he loved. So that's good. Well, I appreciate you coming on, AJ, and letting us know. Uh, hopefully your family can make it through this. This is always hard to lose a loved one, especially this way. And you're always welcome to come back on the show, uh, give us updates and stuff. We'll be right there with you through this. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. No problem, buddy. Uh, what we're going to do now is take a commercial break. Then we're going to bring in Lou Steele. Introducing the, the all-new service from Insane Throttle Motorcycle Madhouse Radio. 24-7 and nothing but the best in 80s till today. Rock and metal, baby. And here's an added bonus. You can now listen to Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Show with Hollywood and China now live on the air. Go to MotorcycleMadhouse.com. And bookmark the radio station and get down with the king of biker radio. Rock on. Man, what's up? We're going to be bringing in Lou Steele as soon as he gets back. And uh, there we are, Mike. Go ahead. Lou, how you doing, buddy? And uh, we're going to be talking about Christian uh, clubs, if I'm correct, and your experience in that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, and I want to thank you guys for having me on. And um, I just wanted to tell everybody about our club, 
that's uh you, you want me to go on or do you have more of an intro no <laughs> so, go ahead <laughs> yeah just wanted to, to let everybody know uh who we are what we're about and um why we're out there uh how we do what we do i know you're um you're talking all the time with uh uh, high power people, uh, a lot of people in the one percenter world or connected in that world. And um, I, uh, I started out 25 years ago and um, I, I had ridden motorcycles uh, throughout my high school time in Rome, Italy. My dad was in the military and um, I graduated from high school over there, started kindergarten in Munich, Germany, actually. And um, it, I had an interesting life, but uh, different, different from, from the one percenter lifestyle. Uh, it's just kind of crazy where um, when you kind of seek um, your meaning in life, uh, you know, what what's really important out there, uh, you're a lot of times you're you're brought to a position of faith you know what do you believe in and uh, what's missing in your life and i had something missing in my life and uh i i didn't know that i was lacking on the spiritual side of things now uh i got a question for you uh because i did put it out there that this particular club looked like it was hiding behind the cross and you do have a lot of Christian clubs out there that do uh, hide behind the cross where they want to wear the three-piece patch and stuff, and they claim to be Christian clubs, but it really isn't that case. Have you seen that, or what's your thoughts? I've seen it a lot, um, and that's one of the reasons um, we have done what we have done with The Last Disciples MC. Uh, I felt um that there was a lot of damage control needed um in the um in the, in the world of the uh, christian bikers that are out there um I, in, in my own talking with with uh, a lot of the one percenters um they've said you know you, you guys have you know hurt yourself you, you got guys out there that are not walking what they're talking and um seem like a bunch of phony maybe some seem like wannabes maybe some of them are walking around uh puffed up like they you know uh, just got out of gangland um we, we wanted to make a difference we want to um you know the bible says we're supposed to let our light shine before men so it's like what kind of lights like well our spiritual side um loving one another having a brotherhood that's a real brotherhood um I know a lot of people that are in the clubs have um, have ended up being disappointed at some point where their brothers have left them or abandoned them or ratted on them or, or all the above. And um, so we 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 wanted to make a difference and we want to do be who we say we are and do what we say we do. So um, do you have a lot of problem with uh, clubs that? let's just be honest, hide behind the cross and cause the real Christian clubs before I go to Markle, uh, a lot of problems. 
And did I personally have problems with the Christian clubs that were like that? Is that what you're saying? No. Do you know of a lot that that happens with, and how does that make Christian clubs feel when they're hiding behind the cross where they really want to be a diamond or something like that? We hate it. We hate it because it just, um, it just brings uh, negativity onto the ministry work that we're trying to do. Um, we come in peace. Um, <clears throat> our club is a clean and sober club. Um, we, go ahead. So, uh, Lou, I'm sorry. So let's just do, let's, because I, I didn't really get a great intro. So just tell me wh what is the name of your club? What is the nature of it? Where are you, you, where are you located? Do a brief introduction of yourself and, uh, and your club. So people know, because obviously there, you, it, you said lost disciples and there's a lot of different, different ones. Is that, is that the name of the club? No, no, it's last last. Yeah. We're not lost. We've been found. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I, I, people say, why the last disciple? I said, well, I might be the last disciple to share with you the message of salvation before you're called to judgment. And they go, oh, that's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you guys located, Lou? We're, uh, we started in California on the Central Coast, San Luis Obispo area, Paso Robles area. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful, beautiful country, uh, agricultural country. A lot of volcanic peaks and, and whatnot. It's just gorgeous here. That's where we started. And um, the the uh, the guys that started with me, uh, they just wanted to um, support the local clubs that are just like in our county. And I'm going, why put God in a box? You know, it's like uh, he's for everybody. And it's like we should go wherever the Lord opens the doors for us. So that's kind of the approach that I took. And then I started reaching out to other clubs. It's like, you know, where are we going to start with this? And this was, uh, I started 25 years ago, but this club, I co-founded this club uh, in uh, December of 05 is when we signed our, our bylaws and started. And um, we, had to, we had to find a way to... Um, to make this happen and it's like even back then i understood you just don't throw on a patch and go out there jump on your auger yeah. and, and roll it's like you're gonna have some serious problems so um we needed to find our dominant and we actually it's kind of funny but we didn't have a dominant in our county uh we're a fairly large county um but um i talked to everybody and and everybody says, well, you know, red and white claims this. And, uh, you know, we, we don't know. We just don't know. So it was like, you know, we, we, we have to do it right. We have to follow protocol, the rules of respect. Otherwise, we're just going out there and we're, we're trampling the crops that we're coming to harvest, so to speak. It's like we can't force our way into anybody's area and you get, you know, get a bad rap on you and you're, you're basically screwed. Um, you're not going to be able to, to fly around and do anything. So it's like, you know, what do you really want? Well, we really want to serve God uh, and help our fellow man. Um, geez, we do. Um, we we support wherever we're located, uh, and, and we're small. We're a small club. And so uh, this incident in Red River, yeah, uh, the Water Dogs claimed 
to be a Christian club. And, you, you know, we've had, you know, we showed a video dude over there smoking out of a pipe and all that type of stuff. Do you, and you have to be having a lot of problems with these people that are saying they're Christian clubs. And like you said, you even went to a dominant to get, you know, to do it the right way, but you can't play both sides at the same time. Absolutely. But, you know, go ahead, Black Dragon. You have a question for uh, Lou before the next segment? Well, I just got a call and uh, folks are watching and folks are upset. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things that, I, I mean, I just got a call from that area and, and he was saying that, uh, that this club that we're interviewing right now had nothing to do with what was going on in that area. And that's not why Hollywood brought him on the show. Uh, Hollywood brought him on the show because there was this, um, reference to it, like being a Christian club, uh, the water dogs, uh, when, when he did that, uh, interview, um, I think the guy said the water, uh, meant, uh, Christ had something to do with Christ and the dogs were dirty dogs trying to get to the clean water. And so, uh, Hollywood's angle, uh, with bringing on the, the Christian club was to say, um, what kinds of things are Christian clubs required to do? And, and Hollywood, I believe your angle was a lot of clubs that claim to be Christian clubs aren't really living that lifestyle so i don't think you 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 have uh luan to talk about what was going on in red river but rather to talk about what it is to be a christian club and um what it is to uh you know what are some of the negatives and and what are some of the things that you've seen from clubs that claim to be christian clubs so exactly i think that better clarifies for folks why Lou Steele is on. Lou, are you the president of your club? Uh, I've been the um, the president from uh, day one, and I just uh, recently, about a year ago, uh, stepped into a position of national nomad and, uh, and um, recommended a person for the, the international uh, P position. I just do to my age that I'm getting old and I want to set it up for the next generation coming aboard in our club to carry on the, the work and the vision. And um, so I, I'm the, I'm the uh, a national board member still. I still have a vote on the national board. Uh, we don't have a one uh, shot caller in the club that calls all the shots. We, we have a national board and, and we have five equal votes on that board so we can um, uh, do our thing and do it the way um, everybody agrees upon. We're, we're all want to be like-minded, and it's like it, it's amazing um, when you do it right. Uh, we don't argue. We don't argue amongst ourselves where we're going, what we're doing, uh, what what state we're trying to get set up in, or or whatever. We're all we're all in agreement. Now, I, I don't want to get off base with what you're trying to get to with your questions here. So, um, hit me up again with with how I can. Um, clarify for you well lou did you the question i have for you is uh being a christian club obviously and being in the atmosphere of a three i don't i'm not even sure you guys have a three-piece patch but have you had run-ins with other clubs have had people come at you and 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 given you grief for for flying your your, your colors and uh and and how has that been uh portrayed when you <laughs> yeah um i've had my share of it and 
uh, actually, um, I wrote a book about um, what I've done or what what my life has been like over the last 25 years and how I I started out with with a, a I'll call them lightweight, but it, but it, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Uh, there's different kinds of ministries, but the Christian Motorcyclists Association. It's like when I first got saved, uh, I started wondering if, if there's any such thing as motorcycle ministry. I didn't know, and um, then I found CMA, and I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to hook up with these guys, and I give it a year and see 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 what happens. And uh, I, I put my time into prison ministry with them and, um, you know, got into Corcoran, uh, you know, in the, the lifer yard and, and all that. And, and we saw some amazing things happen in there, but the, um, the ministry, I, I just felt like I was called to something more. I can't say they're not serious. I don't want to insult anybody here at all. Not, not in the least. They're, they're a great bunch of people. There's probably a couple hundred thousand of them in the world, but, uh, I just, um, uh, I felt like I needed something harder, something more challenging. And um, so I hooked up with another group and it turned out that that group where their mother chapter was down in Southern California. And I, I, I don't want to even mention the name of that club. Uh, again, I, I don't, I won't bash anybody or whatever. Um, they treated us right, but we saw some things that just, you know, things maybe with weed, alcohol, uh, cocaine, uh, people coming out of that ministry telling us uh, things that, that they had endured in that and whatnot. And so it was like, uh, I don't want to be associated with anything like that because it's like, I want to be about the truth and doing the truth and helping people and loving them, loving them where they're at. And so um, we collected 26 patches from, I was the president at that time of MidCal. And um, I sent them in with a thank you note, did it right, did it respectfully. And uh, then it was like, well, what do we do now? And it's like, well, the guy said, well, we we'll just go, everybody just do your own thing. And I went, that's probably what the devil would like us just to scatter to the wind. But, you know, don't we have a purpose and a common goal? So right. we took six months and really, really, I said, no, we, we continue meeting. I said, the path, forget the patch. We, we keep the brothers together and we keep meeting and we, we met for uh, six months and we came up with a patch design. And um, my thoughts were, guys, I don't know what you'll think about this, but my thoughts were, if you want to be taken seriously, you got you to gotta look serious. And uh, I thought if, if God is really behind us in what we're trying to do in this mission field, so to speak, um, God will open the doors and, and uh, he, will, he will help us to do it. And, and it'll happen because it was like mission impossible in, in some ways because our patch, I don't know if you've seen our patch or not, but um, it's got a diamond. It's... Um, black and white you know how's that going to go over with the black and white california club you know it's like how do you how do you do that it's like if god mm. wants it god will open the doors and so we were talking earlier about the dominant we had to go see the dominant and um and that so it took us into ventura and um had a 
a big sit down there lasted about an hour. And is somebody questioning? Hi. Uh, yeah, my producer's going crazy here. We uh, ran out of time with you, Lou, but we do expect, uh, we do, uh, you know, appreciate you coming on, talking about uh, Christian clubs, what you feel uh, about those that hide behind the cross the, just to wear a patch or something. But we really appreciate you having you on. Our uh, next segment is going to be uh, about the news coverage, this whole uh, thing that we all did and stuff. But thanks, Lou, for coming on, buddy. Okay, uh, great guest today. And like you you know, you said, BD, I was bringing him on to explain what a Christian club is and what it isn't. But go right. ahead, Mark. Well, obviously, uh, you know, we heard a lot with uh, because the jump off point for that was uh, you know, the picture that uh, Shady took with uh, another club that was in New Mexico that, uh, you know, had, you know, had, you know, had that. And, uh, and we, we accidentally, you know, we put a you know, picture up that we thought was the picture that kicked it off. Got a lot of heat for that one, which was a mistake. Uh, but uh, it is good to know that uh, that these clubs are out there. And I saw some comments in there with some people actually that uh, have. Uh, you know, have recently, you know, given their life to God and, and, and done that. And if that's your, if that's your path, that's fantastic. And there's a, there's a lot of good for these clubs. I just really wonder, you know, when you roll up on some guys and you have, you know, you're black and white, you got a diamond. Um, sure. There's going to be a, you know, I just, I just know this, you know, this, you know, I just know it out here. So it's, it, it is wondering if they ever get leaned on or if, you know, they have to, have to do whatever because um, they are trying to do their own thing and have their ministry. And I think it's a great thing. So, Rock on, man. Now, let's talk about the news coverage. I know, Marco, as soon as it started happening, you were on. Uh, I joined you later. Black Dragon, you were on. How was it for you to start covering a story without having much to go on? You know, for me, I really, uh, actually, I, I enjoyed it. It was the first time I tried that. I just wanted to go on because the news was breaking and I was able to pull up some stories, go live, and it just reminded me of the of the early days of Fox News, of CNN, of of breaking news, of the you know the the channels where you would watch uh, these you know whatever you know the motorcycle chases or car chase or whatever. Just it just was something that was happening, and uh, and now we're in such an atmosphere where you can get like second to second uh, updates, and obviously you know it's a good learning experience. For me, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Made a few mistakes, like I just said, uh, reported something. Uh, but, you know, when you're getting the first reports of eyewitnesses, um, you have to be very careful. That obviously we learned. But you know what? I mean, uh, again, I, know I've, I touched on it earlier and talking to AJ and talking to the family of uh, some of the water dogs that we talked to live on the night we had them. Um, these people are are like you heard him say, here's somebody that lost a loved one and, and they there's no news coverage. I mean, sure, they might have it at 11. You got to wait. You're not you're antsy. You got to try to figure it out. So if somebody's running a program trying to come up with uh, instant updates and keep everybody, you know, up to date. We had a few people that were actually at the rally. Uh, you know, YouTube is awesome because it's worldwide. So we had people that were in New Mexico. Uh, we ran to a couple of them. Uh, we had an EMT worker that was there. So uh, it was amazing, actually. Uh, you know, and I really, uh, you know, I really think that there's, you know, there's a few channels that have reached out to us. You know, this Hollywood and uh, sort of said, hey, the, you know, the thing is, and, and kind of touches back to my earlier point today, the mainstream media is not the MC club's 
fan. It's not a one percent of clubs fan. It's not a ninety nine percent club. It's it, the the mainstream media is no fan of motorcycle clubs. Period. Riding clubs, Christian clubs. They want to label us all gangbangers and bike and 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 we're doing all these terrible things. And so, if you can get a news source that's going to just give you facts and and maybe you learn them the second that it happens. Um, you know, I got a lot of great feedback on that, and I think that might be the new way of the world. And 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 to hear some of these families that have tuned in that were riveted to the, you know, to the actual broadcast that we were doing at like two o'clock in the morning when this stuff was happening, uh, it was a pretty incredible thing. And I think it's a, I think it's a really good space that we can, you know, obviously with the, you know, you got to tread, you know, lightly and, and make sure you're covering all your bases so that you don't report anything wrong. But uh, I think it could be a really big tool for for us creators to uh, to see what's going on in breaking news situations for sure. Well, I agree. Uh, Black Dragon, when because uh, we've been doing this the longest, why is it so important th- that somebody that is, you know, that's in the scene and understands the scenes, been around the scene, put out the information? Well, you know, uh, I I, I want to ask them both of the questions. Your first one was, what was it like? And, you know, we don't often break news. We often try to do and this is the second part of your question we often are looking at news stories written by the media the mainstream media and because we have been on the inside of a lot of this that's going on we'll look at that story and then we will try to explain to folks the biker angle and that's what your first show ever was called the biker angle uh, because you know you had this 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 idea, and you realized for the longest time that um, the angle that we were getting was the mainstream angle. It wasn't the biker angle. So it, the importance of us being in there is that nobody is going to speak to the positivity, uh, to the good stuff, to the great things about the club. No one's going to speak about that. And because we love clubs and we love club life, uh, we are, uh, you know, we're dedicated to saying, well, you know, that might be how you see it, but this is how we we live this life. And in this 24-hour news cycle and, you know, when we first got started, everybody was mad. And this is before we we were to see all the other folks that come running down this. Like just uh, the other night, uh, there's a whole brand new biker news channel that started on TikTok. And and and, and uh, all they have is just clip after clip after clip of what the news media is playing. And so we we always wanted to 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 say something. You know, you were the pioneer in this uh, uh, this whole idea of the biker news angle from the biker's perspective. For me, covering this um, because we don't often break news, it was um, just really unnerving. My first thought was, "Oh my God, not again!" Is this and you don't know it's breaking, so right hearing all kinds of stuff. Uh, so I, I tuned on the uh, I tuned on the scanner, and I'm trying to cover it. And I and there's like only one or two channels that really had it. Some guy that does uh, breaking news of any kind, he had it on his uh, channel. So I was looking back and forth between him. They had this thing showing the helicopters coming in, uh, the planes flying around, the helicopters coming into the to the uh, city um, and taking people. And, th- and then I find out real time that there's not a lot of trauma centers. There's only one uh, major like hospital trauma center. And, and the, the, sh- the, the places are getting shut down. 
the hospitals are being shut down, and you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Now, we know later that uh, the sheriff was shutting them down and and making them safe places to be, and we're, we're hearing that there are bikers chasing down ambulances, and we're hearing that there's shootouts with ambulances, and we're just hearing all of this craziness just to to hear it go down. It reminds me when I was in the Red Cross as a uh, disaster action uh, um, uh, chairman. I was disaster action chairman uh, in uh, the Lawton, Oklahoma, Texas panhandle region way many years ago, 25, 30 years ago. And uh, it reminds me of going to tornadoes and ch- and and uh, running down tornadoes and going to disaster scenes. It, it was chaos everywhere. And as a news person, uh, it was, uh, I, I don't want to say exciting. I want to say it, it was um, what we do, you know, and being caught up in it was crazy. But um, in the back of my mind, I already knew several people had died and several people had been shot. So in the back of my mind was this impending kind of feeling because we're in motorcycle clubs and we've buried brothers and we've had brothers killed and and we've had brothers run over because we're all in that and have all experienced that there's this impending doom in my heart uh, for both sides that uh, loved ones are not going to be, you know, loved ones are going to be, this was going to be a great night for some people and that just changed and it's changed forever. So that's what it was like for me covering it. And that's what I think is important about the fact that we do cover this. Now, Marco, what do you think about the misinformation? Hell, you got people out there saying they were shooting at ambulances and, you know. (sighs) For that part, I will say, number one, I mean, the the report was a rolling shootout, which is, I mean, that's exactly what they were talking about. Then we did learn from Shaggy later on that they, his guys were all in cars and that there were motorcycles following the ambulance. So that report was from an ambulance. Somebody was listening to a scanner real time and having the, the person in the ambulance be freaked out that the bikes were chasing them. And we even had Shady say that. So that actually, I think, was corroborated. But, you know, obviously, we do have to be careful with what we report. I mean, the worst, really, the the, the worst witnesses possible are eyewitnesses. I mean, if you've ever been into a situation where chaos is happening, it's very hard to remember specific details. That's why uh, they'll normally get everybody away from each other so you don't talk. They try to get each side of the story so they can figure out what happens and they can recreate the scene. So, Obviously, we have to be very careful with what we're reporting, but when nothing else is going on and you're there live and you can get some eyewitness reports, I mean, look, man, if CNN does it, Fox does it, uh, MSNBC does it, all the major news channels do it. They go to people out there all the time, so uh, so it's obviously a, a system that works, but you just have to be careful with what you do, and again... Uh, you know, it, this is a, you know, it's a work in progress. Certainly, you know, we're, we're not major news channels, but uh, but we are able to to figure out a lot. I thought we really, you know, honestly, I thought all of us did a really good job with handling it and figuring it out and, and rolling with the punches. But um, it could be better for sure. Rock on, man. Rock on. BD, your thoughts. Um, so uh, I'm not sure what what part of the segment we're in. Um. But I do want to talk uh, when that segment comes up about some of the things that are being said uh, about what's really going on here. When, when do we get to that part of the segment? Well, you just start now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, what really caused this to happen? <laughs> is this because somebody took a picture with someone or is this because um, there's a whole lot more going on? that's local in that area 
that people and keep calling me up. Yeah. You had the story on this. You were going to break it. Go ahead. That, that people keep calling me up over and over and over saying the same things. This is about a bigger club moving into the territory and the folks that are perceived as or, or showing that or some kind of way aligning themselves with, with that, that club that's coming into the area, that's trying to get into the area, and that the water dogs um, have fallen into that for whatever reason. And there are, there are rules to this thing. And folks keep saying, they keep calling over and over and over again. This really has to do, they believe, they've said, with, uh, and, and even, the, uh, even the sheriff's uh, office and folks have said, you know, this was a picture with the Mongols Motorcycle Club. Uh, but the calls that I keep getting from people all over the place is, you got uh, clubs that are trying to move over to that side, this club trying to come in, and what you're seeing is really a a um, a a a result of that action. So, a lot of folks are calling in saying uh, this shady knew exactly what was going on. He knew exactly what he was doing. Um, he knew exactly uh, what the consequences could be, and um, and and this was something that's been brewing for quite some time. Um, they talk about, and you know, when, when you see this kind of thing go on, a lot of times what you'll see is when a new club is moving into an area, one of the first things that they'll do, and this like was unheard of a long time ago, but the first thing that they'll do is pick up the folks that were out bad from the local clubs, folks were out bad, folks that have been jumping from club to club to club to club. Uh, some kind of way, these are the folks that always manage to be the first representatives of the new club in town or, or trying to make it into town. So they've already got bad blood in the area. They've already, uh, they're already looked at in a negative way. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they show up pushing the agenda of this new club, maybe because they were mad uh, maybe because they were upset, maybe because they got put out bad or whatever the case may be. And we see more and more of these clubs doing it. It used to be that you would never see that sort of thing, but I think you're seeing it a lot more these days. So I just keep getting a lot of folks calling saying, we know this guy. We know everything that's going on here. And it's not what the news is making it out to be. Well, uh, Marco, it sounds like he was playing both sides uh, of the deal right there. And like BD said, uh, he was trying to get with the other dominant club, even though one dominant gave the, the blessing. And uh, people were asking, how do you know if the water dog shot first? Well, it came from the guy, the shooter's mouth on the news uh, from his statement in the court records. What do you think about what BD saying now? Well, obviously, there's, there's, you know, obviously, uh, 
truth to that, I think, you know, I'm, when because there, there's a number of things at play here. Number one, I don't think there's as many people getting into clubs. So the retreads that he's talking about are people that are uh, out and bad or gone from other clubs. Uh, they're more prevalent in these new clubs popping up. And, of course, if they have their own agenda and they're trying to push the new club's agenda, you can see where friction might turn out. The nice thing is we did hear from Shady himself. I mean, obviously, he said in the interview that we had with him that he got a blessing from the number one bandito. He quoted that as saying that. And then, of course, this picture, uh, now that we know it's a wedding picture that was with some Mongols, uh, and that's really the problem, you know, allegedly of, of, of those two clubs. I'm not going to get into their club business, but uh, you could see where that would be, the, putting the, the water dogs in the direct middle of what is happening. And unfortunately, in this instance, when you're in the direct middle, um, bad things happened. And uh, and so, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to what uh, what Black Dragon is saying. I think, it's, I, I think this is a, you know, this is a harder issue than just him playing both sides. I know, you know, I think that obviously he, he, there was definitely some bad blood. You heard in the story, you can go back and listen to the live show, uh, but he said they, a few times they said they were going to kill him. They saw him at Harley Davidson. They pulled a knife. They were out there. The guys that were going to jump him. So this was a longstanding problem that came to a head at the Red River rally. And, uh, and we're seeing the, the, the remains of it now. Well, one thing that he said was there was only seven members, but they took their Facebook down and on there, there was like 30 or something like that. So, uh, with, you know, with that, and then also a year before when he had that other podcast and stuff, uh, he really knew what he was doing. But my biggest question is if you know, something's going to go down, why would you go to a rally? You know, that's attended by uh, the dominant like that and put people in harm's way. And that's you kind of a good had, question. You kind of had, uh, uh, black dragon. I won't say it about one percent of clubs. I would say, uh, baby Hueys that are running these other clubs that have no idea about club life, how the thing works, the protocols that go al along with it. You know, you have a lot of people that go around and this is basically coming from independence or those that are never in the club life that have some big opinions about how clubs are gangs or how they act but it's not a lifestyle to them. Uh, this is some very serious business. It's a subculture within the motorcycle and scene, and a lot of people don't get that. Well, you know, my video uh, about baby Hueys uh, was not particularly the shed. Uh, it, it, it's a question about when you see a lot of these things happening over and over and over again. The question is, where is the leadership? How, how, how is the leadership allowing these things to happen over and over and over again? And a lot of times we say, well, these are just kids, 35 and 40 years old. And so a guy wrote in to me and, and, and he was explaining that among his two stepchildren, 139 and 140, are 16-year-olds living in, uh, in grown men's bodies. We're seeing that play out across the stratosphere, state after state after state, shooting after shooting after shooting. And you have to ask, uh, who, who's, who's running these clubs? In my but own experience, in my own experience, I, I watch the young, young folks get together, invite each other in, uh, uh, choosing their friends to be officers and, and getting in a circle jerk of people that don't 
that don't have a whole lot of experience bolstering each other up, and you got the blind leading the blind out there, and everybody gets mad at me. You're you're old. You're out of touch. Well, I'm not so out of touch that uh, you see everything we're doing out in the news and 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 people calling us gangs and and making new legislation and shutting down rallies and stuff. That didn't used to go on. So well, at the same time, we have to say. Uh... You know, because of the internet, because of the 24 hour news cycle, it does seem bigger than it really is. And when you're taught, and yeah, that, you know, I, you know what, the, with the Red River rally and the cancellation, they've been trying to get that canceled for years. And this is finally the incident that did it. And I brought this up the, on this morning show three were killed, yes, 10 injured at the Red River rally. But over the weekend in Chicago, you had uh, 50 shootings, and oh, it's on, not even hold, up, hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up, come on. Let's, so let's, that's a lot, it's a lot different no, how the media covers bikers. BS, than it is. No, that's that's BS. That's BS. No, that ain't BS because yeah, that's the difference BS. between how the media oh, covers yeah. MCs yeah. and it does regular people. Yeah, the the media never talks about the biker or about the gangs in Chicago. They don't call Chicago uh, uh, Chirac. Uh, uh, they they don't they don't talk about the four hundred killings. They just they're just silent about that. They never say a word about that. They only talk about bikers. Get out of here. Well, they well, make they a big, they make yeah. a bigger deal yeah. out of bikers. Right. They don't call them thugs or nothing like that. They're just absolutely silent. It's just the only people they're talking about is bikers. Well, when you have gang members shooting gang members, okay, they're shooting. They're, they got a war. They're gang members shooting gang members. Are they are they shooting up rallies? We have to take responsibility for no, our own they're too busy yeah, shooting up kids. You can't be screaming one day on your show that uh, bikers are gangs and stuff, and they act like gangs, and then the next day on the show you're screaming, oh, man, all they're doing is picking on us. Well, look, well the, first talking, of all, the problem is Chicago has problems. Chicago, they're, they're the shooting. Media, how they cover it. Yeah, Chicago has shootings every day. It's a, it's 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 unfortunate. But you know what? There's so many of them, they don't cover them anymore. This was obviously different because it was a family event. It was a, it's, a different, it's a different feel for what? The news media. The news media is always going to take the most out-of-the-world thing and push it. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. Chicago is old news because they're killing each other all day, every day there. So it doesn't get uh, the attention that it deserves. But uh, I will say the Chicago crime rate is down. That's because they're killing each other. They're running out of people. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> Where are you talking about the crimes down? We're the murder capital of the United States. Well, the crime rate is down, according to the mayor. Yeah, well, well, I think that mayor is just saying that. Statistics. No, yeah. he's not just saying that. The mayor's reading the statistics. Yeah. What well, statistics? I, listen, you can get any statistic to say whatever you wanted to say, oh, Black that, Dragon. Course, you know that's true. Of course, the fake, the uh, don't believe your lying eyes. Sure. Well, I'm well, just saying. well, we're talking about the way the media covers everything right now. We well, can go. The media has not been good to any kind of fun person they call a gang member. When has the media been good to Chicago gangs? Oh, uh, what they're the, the they're they're getting a blessing and some halos from the media now. Well, it's different how they covered it. Now they'll throw in bikers like uh, you know this story has been going on a week a week in international news, but you don't see him covering the other stuff like that. 
The bottom um, line is, look, the, the news chooses what it's going to run by how many clicks it can get, how many papers they can sell, whatever they're doing. And so whatever the, the new uh, sensational story is, is they're going to they're going to cover the problem. I want to cover with Black Dragon said is, you know, with these you say, where's the where's the leadership? You know, you're talking about grown men. I mean, the, the point is, yeah, there's international presence or however your club is is set up, but they're not with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. These are grown men making decisions. And sometimes things happen, and that's just you, you can't be with somebody 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And for, for better or for worse, if you do something to a guy in Jacksonville, a guy in Tennessee might have the consequences of it. If you're in a club, you know those things are, are a legitimate thing. And unfortunately, Shady, you know, think about what happened in this story right here. Shady is the one that had the problem with, with you know, according allegedly to all of the facts that we've gotten. He's the one that had the, the major problems. He didn't die. Other people die. So his problem became other people's problems uh, very quickly. And unfortunately, human beings lost lives. And it just that's the way, it, you know, you know, these these guys can't hold their hands. These are grown men making decisions and they made the wrong decisions. But let's go into that. I'm covering biker news. I'm not covering Chicago gang news. I, well, I cover well, biker news. Yeah, well, you cover biker news, but at the same time, let's go into the next segment. You know, biker news is specifically on bikers, but, you know, we know the media don't treat them right. But let's go to what he was saying. I personally think the leaders should have responsibility. I think they should be coming to the table and discussing it. Come on. You got all these fights that are happening over decades for you know, the newer people don't even know what the hell the fight was supposed to be about. And you're starting to get all these killings, all these shootings. So isn't it time for the the leaders to come to the table and try to squash this shit? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if if they don't. Um, and hell, what do I know? I'm not a one percenter, but. If they don't, what do you think is going to be the repercussion? What What do you think? You, you think citizens uh, of the United States are going to keep watching all this stuff unfold? Okay, let's just say everything you're right. You're saying is right. Let's just say, okay, they cover us ter- uh, more than anybody else. They hate us the most. Uh, uh, this is a small thing. Only only two or three people died compared to 200 people that died in Chicago this weekend. Let's just say that. So we're the ones where the focus is, the biker clubs. And we're the ones that are being subjected to all of the media coverage. And we're the ones that are being subjected to all of the new legislation and stuff. We're the bad guys. We haven't run out of folks to kill, Marco. So at some point, when does the boogeyman, real or imagined, get taken off of the, the chessboard? Well, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because that goes right to the first point that I made in this broadcast is that the mainstream media has shifted and politicians, along with every single news department, has now made the choice that we are biker gangs whether you're an rc whether you're the guy that we had on earlier in a christian club if you wear a cut you are a gang member and you are doing gang things and you need to be handled like a gang and that's i'm telling you 
You just have to go watch a few different shows, a different commercials, different newscasts, different articles to see that everyone is doing the same narrative. It changed about three or four weeks ago where it's gang, 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 gang. And now what they're going to do is do legislation. They're coming. They're coming for the MC world. Trust me. This is the first step in how the government does business. It, it creates a problem or it highlights a problem. And then it says, guess what? We have the solution. Here's the new bill that we're introducing that all people riding in motorcycle clubs are now subject to stop and frisk or whatever they're going to do. The legislation is coming. It is upon us. The new Patriot Act. Well, uh, to bring that point up with what BD's talking about, leaders actually coming together and squashing this shit, Red River was last week, and I got the story coming out. As soon as, uh, you know, it was funny, and I brought that up in the video. That when this happened, well, now in Denmark, they have just launched an investigation to get rid of the banditos, kind of like what they did to Sataduras and what Germany's doing with uh, a lot of the clubs down there. Yeah. They reacted right away yeah. to this. And yeah. you really didn't have any news out in Denmark coming out. But because of this, it led to something else. And you guys are talking about it will affect us. Yeah, I believe in gang enhancement laws as well as civil RICOs are going to start coming out on this. Yeah, and so, the reason why it starts in Denmark, Hollywood, is because it's easier there to start what you're going to be putting everywhere else. That's why it's happened in Australia. That's why it happens in, you know, in the, the whole EU, the whole European nations. It's a little bit easier to because they don't really have the freedoms that we have here in the United States of America that are dissipating faster than you can even shake a stick at. So, yeah, they did it in Denmark because it's easy to start there. And then you carry that wave over and say, well, look what Denmark did. Denmark, I mean, imagine what you just said. They are thinking about taking a motorcycle club and disbanding them. Whether you're a red and gold fan, red and white, black and white, it doesn't matter. This could be happening to you. And I think the one thing that I that I see most in this community, the MC culture and the MC world, is we tend to be like, well, you know what? It's not my club. It's not my problem. I'm telling you, this is a problem for everybody. Everybody, when the, the Mongols were going through their whole patch, the government was going to take it. That should have been, and I know it was discussed by a lot of other clubs, that was a problem for everybody. This is an everybody issue. It's not just going to be the banditos. They might start with the banditos, but it ain't going to end there. What do you think Dragon would be the first step? And so that was what my video was about last night. Um, when it comes down to organizations, how, how the military taught us, it's all leadership, 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 leadership. In the old days, and I'm old, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm 60, I'm old for motorcycle clubbing. Now the 70-year-olds laugh at me. But in the old days, God help you if you brought uh, discredit to, to the MC publicly. Um, in the old days, um, God, um, the motorcycle club, we didn't play this um, stuff out in public. Uh, we were told you, you can't do that. So the leaders, bro, if, you, if you're leading some folks, man, you got to, um, you got to, find a way to reach those people. You got to find a way to, to lead uh, leadership by example. Uh, you, you guys, one of the worst problems that happens in motorcycle clubs is everybody votes their friends in these days. Uh, I said it last night uh, on my show. 
try in your next vote voting for somebody you absolutely hate, you can't stand. It's not a friend of yours, but you know he's got the best interest of the MC at heart. Um, you got to look at what's going on in the news. You know, if, if folks like us are talking about this, and, and, you know, we're all club connected. So if folks like us are talking about this, what, what's going on in living rooms and stuff across the country when folks are, are hearing all this um, gang, 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 gang stuff? I mean, it's just like, like, like they should be afraid of us. The first step should be the MCs need to take an inward look and figure out if I got a problem with this guy over here or this group of folks or whatever the case may be, I need to, to hey, man, if we, we've got to invite him out uh, at the water tower up there in the desert behind, uh, behind the dunes over there, we got to keep the stuff where, where nobody can see this. We got mm. to keep the stuff down uh, and, and, and handle this within ourselves. Maybe start some, you know, the U.K., Dibber tells me often about the U.K., and he said, you know, so many years ago, 30 years ago, whatever the, the, the amount of time was, the U.K. got together, and these folks actually formed a real coalition. Uh, and this coalition uh, was formed to stop all of the wars and stuff that they had going on, and it actually had real teeth to it. And perhaps what the, that's what these guys should do. This idea that there are territories and uh, only one club can be here, and only that, that's really going by the wayside really fast. The world is smaller. People are traveling easier. Folks are moving places. They want to take their motorcycle clubs with them. I, I think it's become, I think the old way is, is gone. I think it's become uh, a prevalent fact that anybody that wants to start a motorcycle club somewhere is going to. So, you know, and you got all these uh, smaller one percenter clubs popping up, all these younger folks coming in, all these folks that, that, that are ready to shoot it out uh, and, and all that. So maybe there should be an idea that we're not going to be able to stop the 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 trend is already out there the, the 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 these things are everywhere anytime you commit a crime or do something or this thing right here is going to catch it and and so clubs have to operate a different way or they're going to go the way of the dodo in my opinion mhm Marco. We, Marco. Well, we've been talking about this for a long time. You hit the nail on the head. So the, there is a we are at a point, uh, a precipice. We're at a, a turn in the road, if you will, uh, where the old ways of doing motorcycle stuff is clashing with the new ways of doing motorcycle stuff. It is quite fascinating if you if you stand back and just look to see what is going to happen. We talked several different times about you know sort of the you know the age you know born at nineteen eighty or late earlier. You think a certain way about motorcycle clubs. 1980 or later, you think another way. And that, along with the protocols of the old MC and them not actually, you know, this goes to a point that we hit earlier, uh, they should have somebody that they have ready to be like, hey, this is our side of the story. You wouldn't be uh, telling on anybody. You would just be like, look, because the, the mainstream media is never going to give you the benefit of the doubt as a motorcycle club, right? We can all agree on that. So, Let's say in this instance, the banditos can say, hey, well, you know what? X, Y, and Z. Well, there's information we didn't know, and we were never going to have from the mainstream media, and you don't even have to do it. You can appoint somebody to do it. You can have a club liaison, something, to get out at least the correct information so that we can stop you know, 
wondering or saying, well, speculation or this is what the paper is saying or the news, whatever. So you have that problem. You have the problems of the old ways of thinking with the new ways and the old guys with the new guys. And it is all happening in 2023. And the result is everything you see on every one of our channels. Well, the pre, uh, you know what? I have to step in here. Then what you're saying is the clubs have to change. They have to get it under control. And that protocol's dead then. I think, oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if I had all the answers, it would be great. I, I think, I think that you just can't keep operating. Obviously, the 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 quick line of you know, if you, the definition of an insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. So, I mean, we're at a point now where there. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I would be up for it, but I mean, I, I don't make those decisions. I'm not in the, you know, I, I can't speak for any other clubs or anything like that. So. It would be nice. I think that I think that it, you know certainly should be at this point. You should be saying to yourself, "What? Let's throw anything we can at the wall to see what is going to work here." Because what's currently happening is not working. I think we can all agree with that. Is it us that agrees to that, or is it the actual clubs, or do a club see the problem, BD? You there? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I'm say it again. I'm sorry. We see the problems, and those that are independent see the problems. But is it really a problem to the club themselves? Do they think there's a problem? Um, I don't know. Um. Is it us out there just, uh, you know, flanning the flames and stuff like that, hoping that they listen where they really say to themselves and they have for the last 50 years, we don't care what you think. And And if that's the attitude, why would they come to the table? As long as nothing changes in their day to day life. Um, and most of us, this is human human nature, right? So as long as nothing changes for uh, someone's day-to-day life, it's very difficult to project and look into the future and, and say, uh, if I do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, will happen. So uh, this, is, this has been the bane of mankind. Um, do I do I plan for the seven years of pestilence uh, while I'm in my seven years of great things happening? Am I going to build the grain silos and put away the food and the water and uh, the medicines to carry me through the bad times? Most people in the United States of America are not prepped. They're not preppers. When when the great disaster comes down, uh, the first half or more of us are going to perish in the first six weeks. I mean, how many people were caught flat-footed when COVID hit? Like, if COVID had been Ebola, we'd have been the hell up out of here, uh, many of us. If you don't have enough food to survive uh, six weeks, that's the the first kill-off of any any disease or something. So I think, you know, motorcycle clubs are not prepared for the kill-off. They're not prepared for if, if the draconian things really happen. There's no, you know, nobody sitting around and planning things out. And, and, and it's, that's, I think human nature for well, I, like the, me, I, the handwriting is on the wall. Like how many times can 
somebody come on a news show and call you a gang in 25 and in, in, in 13 different minutes, uh, call you a gang 2,500 times in 13 minutes. How long can that go on? How long can you sustain the, the media blitz uh, before they start coming up with laws and stuff to do that? Maybe not. You know, Hollywood, maybe we're just yelling in the sky. The sky is falling and it ain't, and we're just chicken little. The sky, the sky ain't going to fall at all. Well, but, I'm just bringing up the fact that, you know, a lot of people that write into us, we know we get that all the time. <laughs> Who the hell are we to tell these leaders how to run their clubs? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. They're going to run things the way that they want to run them, and, the, and that's their prerogative, and that's what they, they should do. So, I mean, you know, obviously you can make – you could say, hey, this might work, but if uh, people aren't willing to come to the table, then you know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And who's to say that they're not doing it the right way? That's the way they want to do it, and that's their business. Go ahead, Beanie. I, I don't know. Are we soothsayers or are we doomsdayers? <laughs> you know? um, no, but the question really does come up from club members. Who do you think you are to tell our leaders how to run the club? Yeah. Um, well, you know, my response is, um, who do you think you are to make the block hot for all of us? The block is hot. If you were trying to drive your motorcycle home, ride your motorcycle home from, uh, uh, Red River. And I was told, no, I wasn't there, but I've been told by people that were there, you couldn't find a motorcycle on the street. Damn near the day after. I had folks tell me they went through checkpoint after checkpoint. The sheriff said, I'm going to pull you over. Uh, I'm going to run you. I'm going to run you through NCIC. I wish you would do one mile, an hour, uh, an one mile per hour over the speed limit. I just wish you would. Because if I find a reason to arrest you, I will. Now, if I'm biker x that wasn't involved in anything but i i happen to have a warrant for or bad registration or bad license plate or something i wouldn't have had to worry about because he would have pulled me over and said oh man get your registration fixed now i got to go to jail but why i didn't do nothing wrong so who's trying to no it's the same thing they tell us when they tell us how to run our motorcycle clubs that when we when we first started ever having to deal with the other side it was always um, don't make us look bad. We're, we're, we're looking at you crotch rocket riders and stuff that are getting together to form clubs because we don't want you to make the block hot for all of us. We don't want you guys to look bad. Let us show you how it's done. And that's how the, the beginnings of this whole MC protocol thing came together where folks were telling you, oh, you need to come over here and get your colors blessed and there's a way to do this. And, and we trusted the uh, older brothers to show us the way. Uh, we talk about it now, and there's that 24 news cycle that I was talking about. If you actually look at things today, it's actually, you know, and the only reason why it's so big is, again, you got it all over the place where it is actually tame compared to the way it was when there were some real serious bombings out there. A lot of getting people shot up. 
So do you see where the clubs are saying, you know what, screw you. We've been through this. We know what we're doing. And I think you're coming at uh, the angle of now it's affecting everybody else. Yeah, well, I mean, that's usually when things change, right? I mean, uh, when it starts to affect the the police officers in Albuquerque, when the DEA has a problem in Texas, when the senators start to get calls from their constituents, that's when stuff changes. That's what I'm talking about. So they and they normally will usually swing way over to, and, and do a big overcorrection into something insane, like I don't know the Patriot Act, which sounded like a good idea, but if you ever read that bill, it was atrocious for. Uh, um, the American people and for your privacy. Um, and that's what's going to happen right here. Uh, it's the same thing. I mean, but you're right. Nothing happens until somebody starts to think they might be losing their job, whether it's the police chief or the local mayor or the guy that needs the, the votes for being the next senator or the president. That's how things work. And that's an unfortunate but part. Can we be honest, BD, that it was worse 30, 40, 50 years ago than it is now? There's just more attention on it. it Say it, with my news and all that. It, it was worse, but it was worse in a different way. So if I go blow your clubhouse up, that that is that's that's terrible. That's actually worse. Uh, but what we weren't seeing is we weren't seeing shootouts or or worry. You know. Uh, I was new to the biker set 30 years ago, um, and and I was on the black set, and I was in the 99% club nestled in San Diego. I, I didn't know about all this stuff. I didn't know about biker wars, this, that, and the other. But were you having shootouts at casinos? Were you having shootouts at at uh, where regular, ordinary people were walking around in the casino, and they got their children and stuff in there, and, and, and you got a running shootout downtown in the middle of town? Or... Or did you have somebody blow up somebody's clubhouse? And it was very, you know, very central to the biker community and and not out in the public for everybody to see. So it might have been worse. But with this news cycle, uh, less is worse. Uh, smaller is worse. Uh, everybody's fighting for these news cycles, and these news cycles make lots of money uh, for for these um, these entities that... that um, press the flesh that press these stories and or the more they can get them out there. So maybe it's not as bad, but it absolutely appears worse. And maybe that's because it's happening in public space. Cause remember 35 years ago, before we had those two guys show up in black trench coats and shoot up a school. When had that happened before? Uh, it happened in Australia uh, so many years ago that they took all their guns away from them. 1994. But actually, they didn't take all their guns. They seem to have shootouts all the time there. But they they took, you know, they took everybody's guns away. So before that happened, I thought that happened earlier than that, Hollywood. But anyway, um, before that happened here, and now we see it all the time. So it has gotten worse in that aspect. We're seeing more and more of these things take place in public venues and and that's because you know, as I said in my baby Huey um, uh, uh, story uh, last night, that's because the young folks communicate differently. You know, you might talk about TikTok all you want, but young folks communicate on TikTok. Young folks are coming in your club; they're going to communicate on TikTok. 
if the club isn't monitoring TikTok, you got these folks threatening folks and doing all kinds of stuff in the public on TikTok. So instead of the club saying, hey, man, we don't talk on TikTok and the OGs in the club refusing to turn on a TikTok channel, maybe you should make some bylaws about what can be said and can't be said so that you can monitor how these people are communicating in your clubs. I'm not telling you how to run your club. I'm just saying that uh, uh, these are some things that would seem to me to make sense in in battling today's uh, 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 things that are against clubs. Absolutely. So if you are, and I'll just say this, I'll be, if you're still sending smoke signals up and carrier pigeons out, you're going to be behind the curve. Uh, if you're dealing with somebody that's got one of these phones and is sending text messages and TikTok videos, that's that's my so point. that sounds great. The problem, Black Dragon, is is that most of these people are communi- communicating on TikTok on their phones. So where do you where are you going to fish? Are you going to fish in a creek with no fish? Or are you going to fish in a, a river with millions of fish? So these are the places to grab people to be in clubs because that's where they're at. So the old ways of getting members and, and and renewing your membership and bringing solid guys in of going out and do those are all going by the wayside. Nobody's doing that anymore. So they do it on Facebook. They do it on TikTok. That's how they get a lot of the people that are interested in the club to say, hey, well, why don't you come out on a ride with us? And you see us on TikTok all the time. So listen, it's starting to sound like let's, you know, again, you're treating the symptom and not the problem. It's the same thing as the gun debate. Guns don't kill people. People with guns kill people, and that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, yes, TikTok, is it a great environment for people? No, but TikTok is not the reason why these people are shooting these people. It's, I got to disagree with that. I got to disagree with that big it's time. Not, You're talking about communication. What Black Dragon's saying is you got people going out there in their colors talking shit. That's what he's talking about. And that's causing a lot of strife between the clubs. It's not, it has nothing to do with, you know, you're sitting there in your colors and trying to get somebody interested in your club. No, what it has to do with is you got these people out there on TikTok. you know, a lot of the, how bad members do it, talking shit about their former clubs. It causes oh, yeah. strife oh, yeah. or you got people out there that diss the other clubs. Well, listen, we all know how much hate is on social. Us three together. I mean, I read the hate air. I just see it in the, the, student, in the, in the chat here. Somebody's giving me a, a whole bunch of business about how I have no idea what I'm talking about. And great, you're, you're totally entitled to that response. It doesn't bother me. But here's the problem, Hollywood. These guys aren't going out there doing that. Let's say there's a guy in his colors for Club X. And he's riding his motorcycle saying, hey, man, tonight's bike night. Come on out. And then some dude jumps on there and calls him an F face. And your club sucks. Well, okay, now he's going to be like, man, F you. And so now you've started the problem where he didn't go looking for that problem, but the problem is there because the hate is on social media like you wouldn't even imagine. The the people write, write shit online that you would never say to somebody's face. It's um, unimaginable what you put in writing uh, behind a keyboard. It's super easy to do, and that starts to pop off the problem. Am I getting where you're going, Black Dragon, with uh, them going on with their colors, talking shit? And, and I mean, and you said it, too. Like, it used to be if you left a club out bad, you left a club out bad. Or, or you know, you went on with your life. You tried to find something else to do. You tried to find another club to join. Uh, if you took issue with, uh, and, man, I go back to my, my videos I used to do, like, 
five reasons you should you, you you could leave your club. You know, five reasons I see not to stay in a club forever. And at the end of that, it was always move on. Go on with your life. Find another club. Go do something else. Now they 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 make TikTok channels to uh show the bylaws of their former clubs and uh and to take the mystique away from being in the top clubs uh in the country. They take the mystique away and bring these clubs down to feuding, infighting, uh little entities with the same problems everybody else has. And I, I, you know, everybody's got a platform. Everybody's got a TikTok page, Instagram page, YouTube page, Snapchat page, Twitch, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's a content producer. And, and it doesn't take anything to get a million views. And, and the, 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 and so clubs are missing the education, the training, the development. They're missing that to get bigger and more powerful or whatever the case may be. They're missing that. And absolutely. Um, and then, this is crazy. I had a talk with one of my very close brothers who called me a few hours ago and I was half ass asleep. And I'm so mad because he wanted me to do a video about the five things he sees are the biggest challenges to motorcycle clubs today. And uh, he, he cited number one, I'm not going to remember them all, but number one are cell phones. Um, and how the cell phone, which has changed the world, changes the way that we run motorcycle clubs. Now, how many of you guys are in motorcycle clubs now that are really WhatsApp clubs or group me clubs where all the meetings now are done on freeconferencecall.com and you don't even get together and ride anymore. Everything you're doing politics, business, you're arguing, you're fussing and fighting. And it's all on Instagram messages or TikTok or WhatsApp messages. Like, the whole motorcycle club phenomenon of people riding together, being together, hanging together is, is being lost. And so by the time you get together, uh, there's no discipline. There's no nothing. The, to, to, in the old days, a, a road captain had to certify you before you rode with the pack. When was the last time that happened? It, to me, it's crazy. We're, we're, well, we're, here's, here, here's a question that Myron just asked. The question needs to be asked is why should the young Thunderheads listen to the old Thunderheads about peace when they're just trying to emulate the Greybeard's history? Well, like I said, man, these are grown men and uh, they're mostly alpha males, uh, just like everybody. You know, you're in a club and you're, you know, there are different levels of what you're going to accept, what you're not going to accept. And it's just. <laughs> It's just the product of the environment, man. I mean, yeah, you're right. The old guys, you know, in the 70s and 60s and 70s and 80s, I mean, you just outlined it. They were doing the, the same things, maybe on a worse level. Uh, so really, is this history repeating yourself or is this just men being men? I don't know, man. I mean, for me, it's, you know, I mean, I, you just can't control somebody. The whole point of being in the in the club and being in a motorcycle club is you don't want to be, you want to be, you know, you want to be free and you want to be doing your own thing and you don't really like being told what to do. Well, I, yeah, I know <laughs> the, <clears throat> the gray beards messed up. Uh, we've messed up in many ways, uh, in a lot of ways, including some in recruiting some USOBs, big mistake. 
Um, we never expected that we would lose control like we have. Uh, we wanted to always play fair, give you a vote, allow you to matriculate. We never thought, we never planned for you to stop listening. I always thought I would be relevant until I decided to step down. I didn't realize that there would be some cats get together that decided they needed to step me down and not realize them, their own selves, that they didn't even know what the hell they were talking about. The only way that they're going to find out is uh, through learning uh, the hard way, like some of us did, which may set our clubs back 25, 30 years. So that's what we got to suffer through. So, yeah, they might want to repeat the gray beards. And, and how can we ask them to listen? Well, obviously, we're not doing a good job of asking them to listening, and they're not doing a good job of listening. Because I can answer, tell you what not to do, as I can absolutely tell you what is filled for me. Well, is there a limit? Of, you know what? This would be an interesting one. And by the way, when you do have out bad members for the club, you're always welcome to get a hold of us and we'll make sure it gets out there for you. But <laughs> is there a time when somebody should just retire and not be a part of the club? Cause it's not like the older guys are going to go out there partying with the younger guys. Is there a time where a guy just has to get out? I don't know. 35 years in, uh, it, you know, it's been like a love affair for me. There have been times that I did get out. I mean, I never turned in my patch, but I absolutely stopped participating as much. Um, like a like a love affair or, or like doing karate, you might do it every day for 20 years, and then you might take a couple years off, and then ah, I got to get back in the gym again. You see this with weightlifters, whatever you have this long-term love affair with. Uh, you're making love to your woman every day, then you might have a two or three year layoff where you can't stand her ass. And then here you are back again. Uh, motorcycle clubs are the same way. They're, they're, they are, um, they are uh, lifelong relationships for some people. Some people are only in it for a minute. Some people are only in it to, to get what they can get. They can't have they, their way. They take their, their, their uh, baby Huey ass on somewhere. Um, it's, it, it's, is there a time to get out? Uh, yeah, thanks, Sunshine, for that uh, donation to Hollywood there. Is there a, a time to get out um, when it's not right for you any longer? When you don't feel... Some some guys are like, you know, I can't do this lifestyle anymore. I just had a kid. Go take care of your kid. Mm -hmm. uh, I just... My, my wife is tripping. Well, go... You can't be any good to us if, you're, if your household ain't right. Go take care of your wife. Take what it takes. I just found God. Well, go... Go enjoy your religion. We'll be here when you get back, if you come back. So well, what I'm talking about is the older guys are not in tune because, like you said, you're not around much anymore. They're not in tune what's going on with because we blame the younger generation, and they are just emulating what the older guys did in their younger generation. So do the older graybeards actually understand the scene anymore? Oh, yeah. I, it's like riding a bike, man. Uh, yeah. It, it's kind of like, you know, why is the, the Bible, the Holy Bible, the, the Quran, 
the Torah. Why are these things relevant? They were written 400,000 years ago or something. You know, they were written at, at, at 1 AD or whatever the case may be. Why are they still relevant? Because humans don't change. You know, you don't have to read in the Bible about spaceships traveling up to the moon with, uh, uh, with billionaires on it. Uh, if they travel up to the moon with billionaires on it, uh, they're still going to have the same problems that that uh, Herod had when he when he had his uh, you know uh, people traveling across the desert on camels. The dynamics of humanity never change. The dynamics of humanity are going to be the same. So as long as you know the dynamics of humanity and you're in your right mind, it doesn't matter whether they're on electric motorcycles or whether they're on Harleys. Uh, you you don't you haven't lost your perspective. The only thing that changes is the players, not the game. So well, I wanted to bring in Mike Ball because we're talking about the younger ones here. Uh, go on with uh, BD and give you some of your opinions, Mike. Ian, by the way, he's been doing an awesome job tonight. Good job. Pretty Mike. pretty radical. Um, I I hate to come on to the stream when it's like this and it's. You know what I mean? Like I, I would way rather come on on a better circumstance, but um, this is pretty gnarly, man. And and I'm I'm part of the younger generation, and um, you can't blame the entire thing on the young guy. Um, but also you got to remember that the older guys, the 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 graybeards, aren't being heard as much anymore, and they're not voicing up as much as I think as they should either. To be respectful. That's just my opinion. Go ahead, Mark. Well, no, I, I mean, I, you know, agree again, it is one of those, it's one of those things where it's give and take, you know, obviously if you are speaking, then, you know, then hopefully people are listening to you, but if you're not speaking the current language of what's going on, you're going to be singing as out of touch, you know, called gramps or uh, uncle or whatever, whatever they want to call you. And, uh, and they're going to, you know, and, and again, it, it really is this, this really weird place we're at where we just have a lot of uh, guys that have been doing this for a long time that have been doing it a certain way, the exact same way for a long time. And I think we have some newer guys that are trying it a little bit different way. And I think what you're seeing is the direct result. I really do. And it just comes down to communication and it's the communication of, Hey man, uh, you know, and again, how do you bring something up? Well, this is not how we did it. Uh, you know, here's here's the protocol. Here's how we've been doing it for years. And and listen, I just hired a producer a few years ago, and the first thing he said to me is, and I I'm never hey, this is the way we've always I hate the this is the way we've always done it. Speaking in a terms of uh, you know of uh, of like jobs and stuff, and then have the guy say to me, uh, well, why why this could be a better way? You never know until you try it, and that's the attitude of a lot of millennials. Somebody take a picture of Marco right now since his camera's froze, and I'm going to use that all over the place. <laughs> Man, even when I remove him, he's still like that. Dang it. <laughs> oh, that's 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 priceless right there. I'm going to wait until he gets back to put him back in, okay? <laughs> no, just, leave, just leave that one up. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> he just went off because he knows I'll mm -hmm. use that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the final things because we're going on two hours right now and uh, it was really hearing uh, good hearing from a family member about uh, what they're going through, that it was a human on the other end of that gunshot right there. But uh, I think it's very important on this platform, BD, because we're the old guys on this one. 
to actually be around the scene or actually be around the lifestyle for a while to be able to talk on it. Your thoughts. Um, you know something, young people, uh, you're absolutely right. I don't want to, um, dang, always be coming down on y'all. And I sound like an old haggard father, like, oh, my God, give me a break. This guy again. Jesus Christ, dude. Um, we do have a, a lot of issues, us older cats. I mean, we're obstinate. We don't. We, we believe everything we say is the truth just because we experienced it. And, and sometimes we, 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 don't, we don't count you guys' experiences as highly as we should. Um, well, what I'm talking about is the niche that we're in. You better know what you're talking about before yeah. you start spewing information out there. And that's huge, especially in our things. Hell, you're in the MC Protocol channel niche. And you have people out there that talk about it. There's a bunch of new channels up on it. And it's like, dude, what's your experience? Where you been? Who do you know? You know, talk, you know that. And even when they get the information that they get, they, they haven't been around the scene enough to decipher exactly, you know, especially a lot of the new, new channels that are coming out. Um, like, You'll jump on something and, and, and someone will tell you something. Well, you tell one of us something and, and, and we know how MC protocol works and stuff like that. We'd be able to say, hold up, bro. That, that, that don't make no damn sense. Uh, what yeah. you're talking about don't even make no sense. If you got your blessing from this organization and you went and you went and you did that, bro, that, you know, that ain't fixing the work. So what are you talking about? And that's something that's nuance and nuance comes with time and experience. So, um, um, uh, nuance is, is something that they don't have and, and can be dangerous, especially when you're putting things out there and people's lives are, are at stake. Thanks for that box thing. When do you think the Graybeards lost respect and why? I don't know, man. Once you reach at a certain age, that's why, because you're not around the younger. We were like that too. We didn't want to listen to them or any of that shit. Uh, it just goes round and round. Final thoughts, guys. Well, I want to listen. I want to ask you one thing. Um, there, there was a, a controversy. There's been a controversy about uh, the question that you asked and what your motives were behind asking the question. Were you trying to get somebody caught up, sent to jail? Were you right or were you wrong? Was VPS right or wrong. Would you care to, 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 to say anything on that? Basically it's real easy. We're a biker news channel. What our personal lives have to do with anything is not on this channel. What we think is not on this channel. Everybody wanted to know, and that's news. That's what we're here for. If you're going to keep on skewing to one side or the other, are you really news or are you just MSNBC or CNN? That's where it comes from. And the come out, you know, we had the interview with Shady and he's shady for a damn reason. I can tell you that. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that he was saying didn't make sense. And they know I know VPS is out there crying and whining. He got cut off. Well, I want to hear from the guy who was actually on the ground. I don't want to hear assumptions. 
like you said, or like we were just told, the family was coming to us for their information because the mainstream media didn't give it to them. So there shouldn't be any assumptions. And you know, he's a nice guy. He is. But he's real inexperienced. He has no experience in the club stuff. So you got to really, like you said, you got to be able to decipher this stuff. But if you're going to be news, be news. Don't fake it. Because you know what? We are the pioneers of this. And if you want it to where people actually trust us, you can't be the one that don't ask the hard questions. Well, Sunshine said uh, maybe we can change the mainstream media's narrative, which has been my whole point tonight, is the mainstream media has decided to cover this a certain way. They're going to continue covering it away because that's what they do to sell clicks, papers, and all that jazz. I know a lot of people say that we do the same thing, although reading what they put out and putting out Biker News, uh, we can agree to disagree on that. But the truth is that motorcycle clubs... The problem is, let's not, you know, we already went through that, Marco. The question was why we did it. Well, the reason why we did it is we just broke news. Yeah. Worldwide, mainstream media coming to us. That's why we got to be serious people. Yeah. I 100% Our agree. Our personal lives don't matter. What we think don't matter. If you're going to be in this, be in it and make it a credible type of place for people. Like in this shooting, you had the sisters of one uh, side. We got brothers or the brother that came to us for the news. I take it very serious. You know, do I believe, you know, because we get it all the time, me, BD, and now you're starting to feel it. Well, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. Go tell that to CNN. Go tell that to MSNBC. You know, but as far as he's concerned, yeah, I cut him off because I wanted to hear from the guy that was there. I don't want to hear misinformation. Go ahead, BD. That answer your question? Well, well that the 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 more specific to his point was when the well, hold on a second. You know, hold on a second. You know. That's what I've been hearing. He had the only legit relevant info before it was said. If this was the case, why didn't Shady go on his damn show instead of calling us? Go ahead, BD. Nobody wants to answer that because they're, you know, everybody's too afraid to answer, but I ain't. If you had the scoop, why did he call into our show? And why did you give us the scoop? If that's what you're claiming. Go ahead. Well, my question, well, I you know, I don't, I don't know anything about who that. My question was, when you asked Shady, who pulled the gun first? The everybody was upset. Uh, not everybody. A lot of folks were upset about that question. After Clear, the fact, claiming that, um, you know, you had an agenda to make this man commit um, self-incrimination or whatever the case may be. Well, let's answer that right away. If he would have went on MSNBC, he would have got asked the same question. If he went on a major news outlet, he would have got the same question. But what he was, he gave his side of the story and nobody wanted to hear the bandito side. And it turns out one of his own guys in court documents admitted to being the shooter. 
So this incriminating him, he came on his own free will on the dish station. Do you have a do you have a responsibility as a one percenter in a biker club to have some sort of MC protocol about the, the, the questions you ask? No. Because what I do in my personal life is mine. I got a job here. Just like you got a job, just like those that go out uh, and drive a truck, they got a job. My personal stuff don't have nothing to do with what I do on here. I don't have any responsibility to follow anything when I'm running a business. Do you want me to tell you how to run a business? Yes or no? Do I, you want me to tell you how to run yourself? I don't think uh, anyone's going to allow you to tell them how to make their money. And there you go. It was a major scoop, and he was about to say something. And that's why we have a different format here to get a more professional show. Once the guests are done, you're out. But to say, hey, you're set. No, he came on his free will to answer questions, and they're not going to be, well, I didn't do it. Or... I got seven members of a club when you really got 30 and you took your Facebook down. You probably had, what, 30 to 50. So you as a reporter, if you actually take this serious, are going to dig into them questions. If you if you take being a reporter serious, if you take being a, a news channel serious, um, what you're after is the truth. Um, and that might not always fall down where you, where you want it to. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, you're an opinion show and you can sit up here and say all day long, motorcycle clubs aren't gangs. And it's funny, you know, the ones that really go out there and cry and whine about it are, and I'm sorry, they really don't matter. It's the other clubs that called in and said, Hey, Good job, man. We wanted to know that. There's specific reasons that you ask questions. I got to say one thing real quick regarding that comment, uh, that question. Everyone in that chat, I was in the chat at the time, and there was like a thousand people there. Everyone was spamming at that moment, that exact question. And that chat was blowing the hell up, and that's what everyone wanted asked. So he answered he, he he followed through. He actually asked the question, which most of you guys that are hating on it, I mean, you guys wouldn't be up here asking those questions. Let's see if you have the, the nerve and the guts to do it up here. It's not as easy as it looks. That's all I've got to say. that answer your question, BD? I, I It answered it for me, yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing you can't do this job if you're going to hamstring yourself on other people's thoughts you're going to either give the story or not and with me i dug after shady's uh interview and found out he did a podcast with another hip-hop type of uh podcast sitting there smoking dope while you're you know on there talking about G this and G that, and you're supposed to be a Christian club. And that's why I brought him on the sh this uh, Christian guy on the show 
to say, okay, this is what uh, the Christian clubs I know, they're not hiding behind a cross. And you sure the hell ain't going to go to your main dominant, get your blessing, and then go hang out with another dominant. And then there was incidences where he was warned, why did you show up? You cannot play both sides of the fence. And I know people that are in clubs that uh, not in clubs that they don't understand this. You know, they focus on, well, this is bad for us, bad for that. Well, what about the question? Everybody was out there bashing on the banditos, knowing they can't say their side of the story. So we had to dig and it comes out. This dude's playing both sides of the fence. Plus, he's lying in the interview with us. That's not the news's fault. Sorry. Go ahead, Marco. Well, I mean, obviously, you, you hit on good points. I, I mean, I would say, look, I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into a bashing contest or this that, and the other thing. I mean, of course, VPS, you're, not, you're a good guy. <laughs> VPS, it would be we would be remiss to say he did have. A lot of details correct. He had some wrong. But he had some correct. And, uh, okay, and listen, what's the ones that he had correct? Uh, he did say that there was uh, talking shit. I want to know. <laughs> well, okay, I'll tell you. So the, the the big thing he had correct was that the, there was motorcycles chasing the ambulance. That's people were denying that that happened, and that was proven. Okay. Non- that came from Shady, who which is already a liar. <laughs> okay, well, but also from the ambulance. Of uh, scanners and we the police, the police said there's a rolling shootout, so they put it out. Do you, I mean, okay, you, where's what are you talking about a rolling shootout? Now you well, want to get into the details. I'm not one that's going to sit back here and say, "Well, they they did this right." Come on, man. Even off air, you said a lot of shit was wrong. Some of what the picture was wrong, which I took major heat for because I put that on TikTok and people were pissed well, that that million, was wrong. It had a million views on TikTok. <laughs> and a million people are pissed. So, I mean, I, yeah, we got it wrong. And I, you know, I asked him specifically, hey, are you okay? Some, and that picture that you guys put out wrong could have got that guy killed. Well, you guys. There's a whole charter of people, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could have got some shit started. That's why you cannot take the words of these guests. You got to dig into them. I'm just saying you put out a picture that could have got a lot of people killed. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, uh, there's uh, definitely mistakes were made. And when you're doing stuff live, you have to make those decisions. He had the information and he and I asked him point blank on the show. Information did he have? Well, he was talking to if, if he had him. Why wasn't he on his show? Well, he didn't have it. He was talking to Omen's brother the, the when they came on. He had been talking to him, and that he also had. Okay, uh, why? And you know what? Why wasn't Omen on his show? Because, like he said in the green room, he had AJ. a lot of o- Omen. Omen was deceased, so his you mean his brother? Yeah, right. He so. said there was a lot of misinformation. That's why he came on ours. Yes or no? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess I don't remember him saying that exactly, but he just yeah. said he was getting the information from our show for sure. See, the one Listen. thing you're with me on my show is I'm not going to bullshit you. <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and hold your hand or any of that shit. We're going to ask you questions that need to be asked. Now, I know you went on air as soon as it happened. Correct. No, and 
I'm sitting. You know, I've been watching him in the chat, man, and he can go bitch and cry all he wants. He has no experience in the MC scene. The reason why he started talking about the MCs because it does get clicks. And the guests on his show has been out bad Hell's Angels. Now, with us, we have a mix. But at the same time, you have no experience. Don't give your thoughts. And if you do have the inside scoop like you're claiming, then you should have kept it on your show. Then people would have knew what you were talking about. But I'm watching the comments in here about the king of misinformation. And that's, you know what? Maybe it's not his fault because he don't know. But when you're showing pictures and you said you had a million hits and didn't follow up on that picture. Oh, I followed up on it. I followed up on it. There's a video. You put it out. Correct. But it's followed up on. You can't do a retraction at that point because it's already out. Well, you have to do a retraction. Yeah, of course you can do a retraction. This is exactly is that, what I did. Is that retraction going to make a difference? No. That's like putting a, a story on front page news, and next thing you get it wrong, and it's on the page 30. Nobody's well, going to see. That literally happens every day, just so you know. The New York Post well, does that. So, I mean. New York Post, we're biker news. I know, but I'm telling you, when you're doing it live and you get and you have witness testimony, that picture, what he didn't just take that picture willy nilly and make it up. It was given to him, and the guy that was his was source it verified. was it verified? A source saying people who email you was it verified? I don't know. It wasn't mine. It was his. So okay, but speak. you showed speak. it. So did yeah? Everyone did yeah. I didn't show it. I didn't show it. <laughs> Okay, well, I was the only one on live, so it was also on his channel. But, yes, I'm the one that showed it. I'm the one that retracted it later. And I'm the one that took all the shit for it. So, lesson learned. But nobody wanted to track down Shady's story. And you got to track that down. Because everybody's in there bitching on the banditos. There's only one guy that's arrested. He admitted the shooting. So you got to be real when you're doing this. I'm and I'm talking about everybody out there. If you want to do biker news, do biker news, but do it real. Because there's a lot of people's lives that are at stake. Because this is a different culture that a lot of people aren't in. But those would be my questions right there. If you had all the scoops, why weren't they on your program? And if you're mad about me telling you to shut up because I wanted to listen to somebody that was actually there. Sorry, I hurt your feelings. No, I'm not. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it comes to reporting news like this, man, like we like you had stated, uh, you can have families uh worried, you could have them uh you could have everyone you killed, you could have people killed in, in this. Uh, you, people don't think outside of themselves, it seems like that they're going, Oh, it's only you know me that's I don't know. I, and then we had him come on our show. He did. And, and then us, you. No, no, no. Hold you, on. You put us. They, he put us in shit because we had him on the show. And he says, yeah, I agree with you, Shady. I'm with you. What? Yeah, he did. Really? He, he speaks for himself. But we were thrown under the bus. Facts. Not even hearing the bandito side of the story. And you, you claim I'm biased. I didn't say it on air. Yeah, I'm with you. No, I'm not with you. I didn't say that either. 
He did. That was was you guys. Why why wouldn't I shut him up? Why would it? Why would I just let him keep talking when he comes out and says, I'm with you. And it turns out this dude was shady as fuck. Hardcore. All I'm saying is this. When you're doing it live, you don't have the, you know, you don't have the nets and everything of taping it and wondering. You're just trying to get to the story to see what's going on. You're going by eyewitness testimony, which is what I said. That picture was given who to was, him by somebody. Who, who was the eyewitness uh, testimony from? He had he he had somebody that was there. Okay. Oh, so I don't know the guy's name, but he was there. Trust me. I, How am I going to trust you if I don't know who? I don't know who was there. Who he was had somebody that was there. I'm not. I don't. I'm well, not going to give his source away. He had a source that was there because he had information right away, and I he was talking to. And him. The information was wrong. Some of it was. Some of it was, but some of it was right in his defense. You can't say everything was wrong because it wasn't. It's not. What true. was right? Okay, I just told you what? that. We're rehashing everything here. He had the ambulance yeah, story right because you're. You know what? You're taking. One thing, we don't even know if the ambulance driver was said like that. The guy was lying about his numbers, everything. He lied about his past. How do you know? Where are you getting this information? What do you mean, where am I getting? His Facebook was full of people giving the freaking G sign and stuff like that. I thought you were talking about VPS. You're confusing me at this point. I'm taking Shady right now. Yeah, and he was playing both sides of the aisle. Well, listen, and man, was when you have in- a guest on, and they they're answering your questions. You can't you can't be the lie detector. You have to take them for face value. And when no, we did it, I, I do not take them for face value. I ask the tough questions. Okay, but he could still lie to you. So you can ask all the and tough questions you want, but you can still you, get lied to. Then you go back and find out the truth. And we did. And now we've come full circle. I, yeah, we come full circle. Whatever. It's wild. Well, I do know. I remembered looking at the uh, Facebook page and then going back to see it. I even tried to find it in the time machine. And uh, I guess Facebook pages might not be in the time machine. I don't know. But uh, I do recall that picture uh the heading picture appeared to have a lot more than seven people to me i i just i i recall that i don't know how many there were but it seemed like a a lot more than seven that's uh what i remember from that facebook page i went that's where i got my first initial uh uh uh, uh pictures from so i don't know uh it's it seems kind of kind of crazy. That it is. Damn, what was that? Well, that was a good debate. Anyway, Mike, we appreciate you being uh, the producer. How did you like it, man? Hey, man, it was fun. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. That's it. Much love and respect to everybody. <laughs> what about nice. you, uh, Black Dragon, with your damn Aladdin Falcons shirt on? Uh. This is my woman's team, uh, and she buys my clothes, so this is what what I have to wear. Uh, for me, it would be a Dallas Cowboys t-shirt, my bro. So there. You drink Bud Light, too, don't you? No, uh, I don't drink at all. 
That and Budweiser. <laughs> if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you must drink Bud Light. No, actually, uh, what? Hold on a second here. Uh, what was that? Quain, yeah, I am done with it. I don't, you know what? This has been, this is the wrap up and stuff. I don't get, no care who gets butthurt and shit like that. Uh, go ahead, Marco. No, just you a good wear, debate. You wear, and You wear a Chicago bear shirt, I hope. Who, me? No, I don't. No, uh, you're, but, uh, <laughs> you're Bay, right? No, hell no. I'm from Maryland. I'm from Washington, D.C. I'm unfortunately a Commanders fan. I hate the Cowboys. So when Black Dragon said that, I... I lost I consciousness. Were, I thought you were a freaking Redskin fan. Yeah, well, I I am. That their, their new name is the Commanders. That we've been commanded to call them because people don't like the other one. But uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the problem with the world today. So no, good uh, good debate. I'm glad we had a few different sides in the story. Actually, I was really happy to put AJ on and get another side of uh, Omen because I know a lot of people were reaching out to me through my TikTok channel uh, because you know obviously we're we're talking about this and again I mean there's families involved and so. Uh, it was really good to humanize that part of it because I think we lose a lot of that in this uh, in this world where we see these shootings and and we know people died and um, and we rarely get to see the side of uh, somebody that's a giving person that uh, you heard uh, we, you know was talking to his brother every day had you know even helping with the pet adoptions and a, a father and a brother um, so it was good to put a human face on that and I really appreciate e- AJ talking to us tonight because I think that's a great thing that we can do. Right, right. Uh, Fast Eddie, if you're a journalist, you should ask the tough questions. And if they lie to you, then you confront him about the lie right then. Uh, Basically, we learned how to do a a new different type of uh, show right here, Uh, going a lot more uh, professional, if you ask me, and getting the tough questions off. But anyway, Monday. And Mike Ball, you did a good job, man, on running the boards. Mike Ball is the uh, new producer back there. We all have producers now, and uh, Mike Ball. Mike should have been. Although Mike he produced awesome. my channel way before you got him, I just want to say. But anyway, he's helped me out a hell of a lot more than you. So there. But anyway, I do want to leave you with uh, some. I do want to leave you with something to think about. Some sad news right here. Uh, Keep these families in your prayers right now, but we'll see you next After Monday. After a crash involving multiple motorcycles in Lawrence County. Police say the crash happened on Highway 39 between Aurora and Mount Vernon. Liam Garrity is here in studio and was at this scene. What can you tell us, Liam? Elizabeth, the crash happened right on Highway 39, right here on our screen. It was just south of Highway P. Ten motorcyclists ended up being involved in the violent crash. Police had to shut down this part of the highway down here for a couple hours to get ambulances and medical helicopters to the scene. Police tell me the driver who caused the crash was arrested for suspicion of impairment. This is seconds before the deadly crash. Sergeant Mike McClure with the Missouri State Highway Patrol says a car passed the center line. Upon impact, the five motorcycles, kind of in sequence, ejected their riders, went off the right side of the road. Four motorcyclists now dead. He says the driver of the car may have been impaired. That impairment was was observable. Those who died, a 17-year-old girl, 28-year-old Cameron Hale, 59-year-old James Olmsted, and 61-year-old Linda Anderson. According to the Highway Patrol crash report, 
10 motorcyclists were involved, either hit by the car or in the aftermath of the crash. Every person in the crash is from Aurora. Motorcyclists have every right and every reason to be operating as does a passenger car or a pickup. Six of the riders were taken to the hospital with serious injuries. The driver of the car also seriously hurt. They were sent to hospitals by air and ambulances. Sergeant McClure says we are in the 100 deadliest days of summer, so everyone needs to be aware. We have to adapt to what we're seeing when it comes to these summer months because we've got more traffic, motorcyclists are more prevalent, um, so it's a shared responsibility. Sergeant McClure says to never drive impaired no matter how much you have to drive.